Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Janice M., and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater for today. And today is Wednesday, May 4th, 2016. Today we're reading from the big book and chapter, How It Works, and today we're on page 59. We're going to begin reading on that second paragraph about the steps. Here are the steps we took. And today's readers are for the 12 steps of OA, Esther F., the 12 traditions, Barbara N. And our readers of the text today will be Linda R., Mary K. W., and Chelsea H. Now, the reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, May 3rd, 2016, is 8712. That's 8712. Okay, the OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study meeting, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Esther F. to please read the 12 steps. Hi, this is Esther F. from Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm going to read the 12 steps. Number one, we, would, we admitted that we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Number two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Number three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Number four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Number five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Number six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Number seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Number eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Number nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Number 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Number 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And number 12, 
having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. And thank you so much, Esther F. I will now ask Barbara N. to please read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning, everyone. It's Barbara N. in New York. Thank you for letting me do service. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. <clears throat> Five, <clears throat> excuse me, each group has but one primary purpose <clears throat> to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. <clears throat> Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you so much, Barbara N. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery, described Hmm. in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Okay, today we resume our study of the big book, and we're on page 59. The first read is going to begin reading the second paragraph, the steps all the way through, 
and continue reading on page 60, that first paragraph, ending with we claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. And we'll be focusing our comments on that first paragraph on page 60. So at this time, I'm going to ask Linda R. to please begin reading. Good morning, Janice. Thank you so much for your service. Linda R. recovered in South Florida. Half measures availed us nothing. We stood at the turning point. We asked his protection and care with complete abandon. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, they direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Many of us exclaimed, what an order. I can't go through with it. Do not be discouraged. No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. We are not saints. The point is that we are willing to grow along spiritual lines. The principles we have set down are guides to progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. Well, this, these paragraphs and, of course, the steps to me are very, very powerful. And what I believe this means to me is that this was my, this is the road from self-sufficiency to God's sufficiency that has produced results in my life. And when I talk about the principles, I know yesterday we read them. I mean, I could reread them. I know step one, honesty, step two, hope, step three, faith, step four, courage, Step five, integrity. Step six, willingness. Step seven, humility. Step eight, brotherly love. Step nine, discipline. Step 10, perseverance. Step 11, spiritual expansion or awareness. And step uh, 12 is service. These are the principles that I live on a daily basis. They're my values for my life that I have today as a result of these steps and the program. And every day when I wake up, to me, this is like this. This part of the book is showing us how it works, and it's also showing us the preparation of the surrender of step one, the coming to believe in a power greater than myself, and then the decision that I make. That's the willingness every day that I have to decide to really work this program as a guide to my life. So again, imperfectly perfect, 
And the other part of this paragraph, spiritual progress also, rather than spiritual perfection. When I, you know, when I hear other people talk, you know, in the program, for me, this was a way for me to relate. You know, it was a turning point for me to regroup and reassemble and reform as I explored my own disease. And when I hit my bottom and, you know, with the dread and despair in my life, to me, the spiritual awakening was really, I was asleep all those years and now I'm awake. So that's what I get out of this reading. And um, every day I just get up, renew my vows to my higher power and to my spiritual enlargement and work the steps and principles to the best of my ability. And thank you for allowing me to share today. And thank you, Linda. Thank you. Okay, at this time, who would like to comment on what was read for about three minutes? Um, Reva P. We'll have Do. Tina S. We'll have Reva P. I heard somebody before Larry. Yeah, I heard somebody before Larry. Who was that? Tina S. Was that Tina S.? Okay. Yes. And Larry. And then I heard Melissa. Was it Melissa C? Yes, Melissa C. Okay. All right. Let's go with those five. And we're going to start with do. And her first initial is L. Do L. Please go ahead. Good morning. This is do L, Recover Compulsive Overeater. Um, Thank you so much for your service, Janice. Yes, here, how it works. How it works covers two steps. And that's going to be step three, and it's going to be step four. Um, I think there's background noise. Yes, everyone, please, um, you know, so that we can hear the speaker and be kind, please press star one to mute your phone. Thank you. Okay, so um, this chapter, how it works, covers steps three and covers steps four. And, and what I see here is we're at the point that we're going to make that decision to turn our, our will and our lives over to the care of God. But prior to making that decision, you need to know what you're basing that decision on. And they're saying we're going to review how it works. We're going to review what is the solution, right? We, we've already encountered the solution, which is a higher power of your own conception. Now we're going to make a decision to turn our will and our lives over to that power, Right, and so that that power can restore us to sanity, um, and then we're going to take a moral inventory. But before we do all that, we're going to tell you what it entails to go through the process. And they're saying it's going to take twelve steps to go through that whole process um, of being restored back to sanity. Uh, same way of thinking and the same way of eating. Right. So we're going to show you exactly, precisely how to do that. And it goes into details about the steps, how to do that, right? And it says, don't worry about it. Don't get discouraged because, you know, yes, it is a tall order. Yes, it is a lot to look at everything all at once. But we're going to break it down for you, you know, so you don't have to worry about this. You don't have to all get it perfectly because none of us are perfect, right? None of us are saints. None of us can pull this off, um, you know, perfectly. But we can strive for perfection. We can strive to meet along those lines, right? We can, we can in tune with this um, power greater than ourselves to help us to grow along those lines. You know, it is progress, right, rather than perfection. What is progress? Progress is the continual growth um, of just 
getting it, you know, not just trying to get it, but trying to grow along that. So that means I need to develop. I need to continue to um, practice, practice, practice. That's the only way I get experience. When I'm, when I'm cycling a bike and I'm first doing that, I'm, I'm going to get scrapes and bruises all the time, right, because I'm not balanced on that bike. But eventually, through practicing these things, right, growing along that line, I get the balance, and then I'm able to enjoy that bike ride very, very efficiently, very smoothly, right? Um, I get the freedom of, of riding that bike, right? And at times, I could extend my hands. I don't even have to hold, hold the, the steering of, of the bike. I mean, I don't recommend that for people, but, but it's, just, it's just it becomes so natural and so part of you that that's what we're striving for, that type of spiritual progress. I'm getting more and more connected to God so that we can have that freedom that these principles and these steps are encouraging us to have. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Duel. Okay, I believe it's Reva P. Is that correct, Reva P.? Yes, thank you. Good morning. Hi, it's uh, Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. What jumped out at me this morning, based on what I'm going through right now, is the sentence, I can't go through with it. So I'm sitting here listening to the principles being recited, all 12 of them, and as I listen, I can say to myself, I could never do that. Because you know what? I tried, and I tried to will myself into being a person who lives by principles such as those, and I could never do it. And that's why I love that they're outlining what's coming ahead, but at this point, um, I haven't even made a decision yet. And um, what jumped out at me was just willing to grow. And the way I grow and the way I can live by those principles is to do one step at a time in the order when each one propels me to the next one. So right now I've got some challenges with my work that are causing um, a lot of discomfort. This is not comfortable, the growing process. Um, and I've done the step work. I shared my step 10 with somebody. I know what I need to do, and it's terrifying. And my first reaction is to say, I can't do it. And on my own, I can't. But I am willing to grow and I have now learned that I have a power greater than myself that I can tap into who can do for me what I cannot do for myself. But I don't just do it magically. I do it by systematically going through the steps and then taking the action, being willing to make the decision and say, this is what I can do for this client, this is what I cannot, cannot do. Um, and God is giving me lots of opportunities. It's almost like he's arranging the perfect lesson plans um, for situations, pushing all my buttons. Um, and the only way out is to either take the action, be willing to grow and do it, or food's going to seem like the next best option. So I just have to be willing to grow, willing to do the next right thing. And when I look back, I can say, wow, I'm living by the principles, but it has to be done through the steps because otherwise I get overwhelmed. With that, I pass. And I thank you. We thank you, Reva P. Okay, Tina S., it is your turn. Thanks, Janice. Tina S., compulsive eater anorexic in Florida. 
what an order for sure. You know, and I love what was shared uh, previously. You know, I can't go through with it. You know, that has been my experience also. You know, I can remember looking at these 12 steps on the wall when I first came in, and I, you know, was like, well, maybe I'll do that one. Maybe I can do this one, but certainly not that one. And it was all very overwhelming, you know. Difference today, or the difference in through my process, you know, it talks about no one among us has been able to maintain, continue anything like perfect adherence to these principles, which are the 12 steps, you know. But, you know, I became willing to believe in a God, in a, God a power greater than myself. And so, therefore, it didn't seem so big. You know, I could start right where I was, and, and I could just one day at a time, I can remember finally getting that one day at a time, and it saved my butt. Because then I was like, okay, just right here, right now, what's happening right here, right now, you know, and it, it's also, you know, it, it was, you know, it wasn't so big and it became doable imperfectly, you know, imperfectly it became doable, you know, not all it loved and it was already shared, you know, the point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines, you know, I came here for different points, you know, to, to look good, to be good, whatever, it, whatever it was, you know, that's no longer the goal for me. You know, today, you know, I want to continue to grow through spiritual lines. And, and it's by working the 12 steps. You know, it's the principles. That's the guide to progress, you know. And um, what a gift. You know, that's just what I can say one day at a time. If I choose to do the deal, I get the deal. And with that, I pass. Thanks. And thank you, Tina S. Larry Kay, you're up. Hi, Janice. Good morning. Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. Um, thanks for your service, Janice. You know, we're, <laughs> I'm not a saint. Uh, I'm not, I, I, did, I can assure you I didn't do these steps perfectly. There is no perfect. But, you know, at the same time, we're presented with a sequence of, of steps to be followed to get, a, to get a specific result. And this reminds me of, of when, you know, when, when I was provided with a set of instructions to assemble something, you know, like a, maybe a toy for my child or a, I can remember one time it was a, it was a gas grill, and and I said okay, and this is before I came in the program, um, you know follow the instructions below. You know you get out the papers and uh, and I don't know about you, but I always had this horrible aversion to following steps. It was like uh, math. I had I was a math avoider, um, you know, and uh, same thing with a set of instructions. So when presented with a set of instructions. I don't care how specific or clear, I just had an aversion to following them. And so I remember trying, uh, we were given a gift uh, for my first wedding, um, and um, it was a gas grill, and, and I set out one Saturday morning, I was going to put this thing together. It said approximate time, three hours. Um, okay. Now I'll, I'll uh, you know, and, it, and at first it told me to put, get all your parts out there to make sure you have everything. Well, I'm, I'm going to presume I have everything. And I went about, you know, following the steps, you know, avoiding certain things, you know, you know, and just looking at the pictures rather than that would be the equivalent of looking at other recovered people and just sort of trying to find, you know, what's their food plan. I don't want to follow these steps. I want to know what your food plan is. I don't want to go through, a, you know, a moral inventory um, you know, I'll just try to kind of sidestep here. Let me uh, cut a corner over here. And before you know it, here's the thing. With the gas grill, I got done with this thing. You can imagine I had lots of parts left over. Oh, well, I'll throw those aside. 
and uh, did a lot of half measures, and it didn't work very well. In fact, it didn't last very long. And uh, so, so that's what I, what this, the humility that I've learned with these steps is that, um, you know, we need to follow them precisely, not perfectly, but precisely, and we'll get a specific result. And thank goodness for that. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much. And thank you, Larry Kay. Okay, Melissa C., it is your turn. Hi, good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, the, the 12th step really says we practice these principles in all our affairs. And practice, you know, um, kind of lets me know that it means that I'm going to have to do it over and over again, that, that I didn't get it perfectly right. And, um, you know, the only person that seems to expect perfection out of me has consistently been me, you know, it's, and, and that's, I'm discovering is my ego, thinking that I've got to do it exactly right, that um, somehow that's um, the standard for me. I'm very forgiving in other people in their imperfections, but myself, you know, somehow I'm supposed to be better, you know, and um, I used to think it was like lower self-esteem, but in some ways it's almost the opposite, you know, thinking that I'm somehow above the human experience of um, messing up. You know, and so, you know, on one hand, it's progress, not perfection, and that we practice, but it doesn't mean deliberate, you know, deliberately doing what I want and saying, well, I didn't, I didn't do this exactly right this time. You know, it's, I'm, I'm meant to strive to keep taking the steps so that, um, you know, so that I am improving on myself, but um, to have humility. You know, honesty and humility so that when I do take back some of those defects of character and, you know, and I do because there's muscle memory there. Some of them, I've been practicing those for a long time. And, you know, but I have to have honesty and humility when I see it creep up again to admit it, you know, and then continue taking the steps. We we take the steps not so that we arrive at some grand destination and never move anymore, but I'm supposed to be continually moving to the right. Uh, this is my guide. It's my blueprint. Thank you. And I'll pass. Janice, we don't hear you. Sorry, was muted. Oh, no wonder I didn't hear anybody. Anyone else who would like to comment on what was read, please? This is Katie from Boston. Oh, Katie from Boston. Okay, anyone else? Can you hear this me? This is Gail T. from Texas. Oh, oh yeah, Gail T. from Texas. Anyone else? All right, maybe we'll get some more ideas. Katie from Boston, please, it's your turn. Okay, Janice, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? I can, yep. <clears throat> Sorry, I just want to make sure. Yes, we okay. can hear you, Katie, please. Good morning. Wonderful. This is Katie G, recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic. Um, boy, I love you guys. Thank you, God, that I'm not eating and I'm not 
hurting myself today with food or exercise. I'm not leaving work today um, and pretending to get paid. I need to do work for a job. Um, you know, these are the things I used to do, and um, I just had two realizations. So the only thing I've ever practiced besides this program is piano, and I used to fight my mom. Like, she would ask me to practice piano, and I would rage. I would scream. I'm like six years old. I would vent. I would do all of these childish, selfish behaviors because I didn't want to practice piano. And then in terms of following instructions, I just sit there and press buttons. I don't read the instructions. I'm like, oh, this isn't working. Let me press this. Let me press that. I didn't use a TV in my new house for six months because I didn't want to follow instructions. Um, so that's my approach to life without God. I rage, I scream, I cry, I act like a victim, and um, I punch. I punch at life, right? So that's those are the tools I have without God. And today, um, with entire abstinence and rigorous honesty, I continue. And man, guys, do I fall short, you know. Today, I'm just sitting with the discomfort of having felt a lot of feelings yesterday and um, and some of them I acted out on, guys. Some of them I, I felt, and then instead of doing a 10-step, I kicked the dog. So I went to the person that I easily judge, that I easily character assassinate, and I hurt her multiple times, and I made amends again. I mean, I've made amends to this woman so many times, it doesn't even matter anymore, and I don't know how God's going to change me. And the biggest thing for me is accepting my powerlessness. I want to rage, you guys. I want to press the buttons. I want to say I can do this. But what I know is that the things I place in God's hands are better than I can imagine. And the first thing I have to do is say, Uncle, I can't manage this. I can't manage my body. I can't manage people. I can't manage. God, please help me because all of my attempts of raging and crying and screaming and gossiping and lying and, and punching the buttons, it doesn't work. And so if you're new and your your head is in a food fog or you binged and purged last night or you're lying because you're having an affair or whatever and you don't know what the heck I'm saying, what I'm saying is if you don't know how to live your life and the only thing you don't know is that you don't know, I promise you 100% you are exactly where you need to be. So I'm just going to keep falling short, keep showing up, staying abstinent, and doing the do with you guys one more day. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Katie G. Okay, Gail T., it is your turn. Good morning, everyone. This is Gail T. from Texas, Recovered Compulsive Overeater for today. Well, all these steps are, I look at it as, Unfortunately, when we clean our house, our house gets dirty again. There's just no way that the dust doesn't fall and the, I mean, it's just always, you clean your house, you have to clean it again because that's just the way it is. And so these steps about being perfect, there is no perfection here. And that as we work these steps, different things will come up for us and then just like Riva was talking about earlier, I don't, maybe I'm cross-talking, but anyway, someone was talking about, well, now she's facing into a dilemma that she didn't probably face into maybe last year. So there's always growth that is going on. 
And so to expect, you know, our life uh, to go, and this is, let me just say, I expected my life to be on a straight line. I would love my life to be on a straight line. My life is always doing turns. I think we lost you. Oh, no. no. Can you hear me now? I can, can. thank you. Yes, okay. I can. Okay, so the upshot of this is that there is, in my estimation, no perfection. And so we're constantly um, not living on a straight line, but there are twists and turns and ups and downs of vicissitudes of life so that as we work these steps, day in, day out, first day, fifth year, 20th year, we're going to be different and face different situations which will call upon us to humbly request our higher power to help us. And I think that's the point, that life isn't a straight line and that there is no perfection other than us working our steps so that we don't create harm. And with that, I pass. And thank you, Gail T. Okay, is there anyone else that would like to comment before we go on? If we go on. Anyone else? Jimmy L. Hey, Jenny. Valerie B. Okay, wait, wait just a moment. Jenny L. Is that what you said? Jenny L. Yes. Jenny L. Okay, and whom else? Valerie B. Yep, Valerie B. Anyone else? Mary B. Mary B. All right. Dana B. Deanna? Is that what you said? Yes. Deanna B. Okay. Um, Yeah, sure. Let's go with those four. Okay, I believe it's Ginny L. Good morning. This is Ginny L. Recovered in South Carolina. Please go ahead thinking of the first time I saw those 12 steps. It was 1950, 1964. I was in another weight loss organization. This was way before there was any national organizations. There was only one other one before OA. And I saw those 12 steps in our notebook, and I felt like I came alive because the organization I was in shamed you if you gained weight. And you could become a queen if you lost weight, if you lost more than everybody else. But all of a sudden I saw something that said, I am powerless over food and my life is unmanageable. And I read the rest of the 12 steps and I didn't know what most of them meant, but they hit me between the eyes. I took them home. I made copies for everybody, and I said, this is what I've been looking for my whole life. And I passed them around, and then somebody said, Ginny, you can't do that. That belongs to Overeaters Anonymous. Well, it had taken all of my courage to join the other organization and to admit that I had a problem with food. And it took me about three more months before I contacted OA. But I am so glad I walked through those doors. My life has changed, even though I did not abstain well, and I've only recently become recovered. It still made such an impact in my life. I have done four major inventories, and I now know what the steps mean, and I sponsor people doing it. 
So I just consider my life a miracle. And I thank you all for being there, and I thank whoever started Vision. I am so grateful. Thank you, and I pass. And thank you so much, Jenny L. Okay, Valerie B., it is your turn. Hi, um, thank you for letting me share. Um, I'm a recovered uh, compulsive overeater, and um, I think these steps are so amazing. Um, I've been in the program since November, and, um, uh, you know, just started on step 11, and my experience with it has been that it's just cleared out. These steps have just cleared a path to God, and it's helped me reconcile with myself and get rid of, you know, get rid of, you know, bitterness and uh, things that were causing me to eat and um, helping me to reconcile with others, you know, in my life, clearing away the wreckage of the past, and it's put so much love in my heart, you know, and, and you know, and I, I never realized how, I mean, you know, we go out, we face the world every day, it's not easy out there, it's not easy making a living, it's not easy dealing, I don't, I don't know what cities different people are in, but, you know, I'm near, you know, near Washington, D.C., traffic is horrendous, people are rude, you know, um, and it's like, when that stuff happens, I can do a step 10, and it, it clears the way out, and I can, I can give that resentment to God. I can, you know, and it, it clears my heart, and I can, and I can love again. And I think that is such an amazing gift. It's like the reasons that I was going to the food. I'm learning how to go to God, how to, how to, how to um, deal, work in life, and, and help other people. And it's so amazing. And I just want to um, thank you for letting me share, and I love this program. Have a great day. And okay. thank you so and thank you so much, Valerie B., for sharing. Okay, Mary B., and if we could all, just as a gentle reminder. Thank to you please, so much, Janice. I just want to give everybody a gentle reminder to please, please, just press star one to mute your phone so that we can have a clear line. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mary B. Sorry for interrupting. Please go no, ahead. No, no problem. No problem. Um, you do a great job of uh, hosting this meeting in the morning. And I am very grateful. I am Mary B. Gratefully recovered back home in California. And um, I want to thank you for your service, Janice, and everyone who shared this morning. And I want to... Um, um, talk about this last sentence in the paragraph. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection because that's pretty much where my uh, program and my focus is these days and has been for quite a while. Uh, in OA, I find that we like to really simplify things. And this sentence became progress rather than perfection, skipping that very important word spiritual 
so that I could, and I know many others, claim uh, progress rather than perfection and applying it back to step one, and abstinence. And it didn't apply to step one. A slip was, oh, well, progress rather than perfection. And today I have total abstinence, I have found that higher power that I was seeking for so many years and have a wonderful relationship with that higher power. My decision was made to go on and work this program exactly the way it's written and laid out in this book. And so I can today say that I am recovered. I am um practicing these principles in all my affairs, which for me means the practice makes better. Not perfect. Not by any means. Be patient with me. God is not finished with me yet. Thank you for the opportunity to share this morning. I pass. And thank you so much, Mary B. from California. Okay, Deanna B., Hi, my name is Dana B. I'm from Colorado, and um, I had to step away from the phone for a minute, so if someone has already said this, I apologize, but when someone talked about an aversion to the steps and to um, directions, I was reminded of something I once heard in a meeting, which is this paragraph with a different emphasis. Many of us exclaimed, what? An order? I can't go through with it. That has meant a lot to me over the years because I am very, very stubborn about following directions and about taking someone else's food plan. It would be so much better if I could rewrite it, you know, and um, not going to someone who actually knew that, knew uh, how to give me a good food plan, and as well as not knowing um, exactly, following the steps exactly as written. Excuse me one minute. I, I don't believe do somebody realized that, but they are unmuted. You're unmuted. Okay. I guess I had to leave it over there. I, maybe uh, we can get uh, Alea to help us out here. I'm going to the line. Thank you, Leia. Sorry about that, Deanna. Please go ahead. You have to press star one to unmute. This is Dana. Yes, this is Dana. Thank you for reminding me. Um, But this business of we are not saints, we are willing to grow along spiritual lines, we really do have to follow the directions. I have learned that if it says a fearless and thorough uh, inventory, that's exactly what it means. It doesn't mean just the things that I want this person to know about me. It means fearless and thorough. And as well as with the other steps, taking them exactly as they're written. Thank you very much. I pass. Well, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, is there anyone else that would like to comment on this paragraph? Nessa R. Nessa R. Anyone else? I can comment. Who is that? Lynn M. 